How's it going, everybody? Welcome into the Guns Up Nation post-game show here on the Guns Up Nation Facebook page, live from Two Docks Brewery. I'm R.C. Maxfield, here after the Red Raiders just lost 88-77 to after McBride for the Mountaineers made a layup with about 5.9 seconds remaining to propel the Mountaineers to a victory over the Red Raiders in Morgantown. Again, I'm R.C. Maxwell. I'll be joined by Tobias Bass here in just a minute. But the Red Raiders lose a heartbreaker in Morgantown in a homecoming of sorts for Mac McClung, who had his best game so far as a Red Raider. When you look at it in terms of stats, he had 30 points, three, three assists, excuse me, and two steals. Um, overall, Red Raiders in double figures tonight was only two. Mac McClung with 30. And then Terrence Shannon with 15. Again, I'll be joined by Tobias Bass here in just a minute. But we'll run over some stats real quick before he joins the post-game show. Marcus Santos Silva, 9 points, 2 rebounds. Nothing else on the stat sheet for him. Micah Peavy fouled out at 6 points, 2 rebounds, 1 assist. Kevin McCuller, 2 points, 8 rebounds, 2 assists. Eight, eight points for Kyler Edwards, excuse me, three rebounds. And then Mac McClung had 33 assists, two steals for the Red Raiders. And then Terrence Shannon Jr. was the key part on, you know, the bench. Went 15, 7, 2, and 1, and 1 for the Red Raiders. But heartbreaker for the Red Raiders up in Morgantown as I am uh, about I can hear Tobias, but hey, Tobias, can you hear me, man? Yeah, I can hear you. Sweet, good to hear, man. Yeah, um, heartbreaker, heartbreaker in Morgantown, right there. As uh, yeah, McBride had that last second layup with about 5.9 left. What are your overall thoughts, though, about the game for the Red Raiders in Morgantown? I mean, they worked so hard, they took that what eight point lead and we blow it. You know what I mean? They blow, they blow an eight point lead. I mean, that, that's just that's just tough, and again. This is me really harping on the defensive assignments. Like, I don't know if we really have a stopper, per se, a perimeter defense wide, because, you know, people have been telling me it's Shannon is Shannon, but people attack Shannon. Like, they, they, they really, really do attack him defensively when, he, when he's guarding them. And I feel like even the rotations were wrong. You see when that little brush screen, McBride, he kind of, like, ran around them, and they kind of really didn't know who was supposed to run at his other that shot. For me, like the the big thing though, I, I didn't mean to interrupt you there, but the defender, I think they do have the defender. It's just Micah Peavy fouled out. Um, yeah, I think that's a real big thing there. And you talked about, um, you know, going up eight points and then you lose it. I think Micah Peavy, you can attribute that to Micah Peavy going fouled out, getting fouled out, right? Um, in the sense that you notice yeah. the Texas Tech defense kind of got a, not even a little worse, just a lot worse when Micah Peavy left the game. Um, you know, you thought you, you mentioned Terrence Shannon. You, you thought he yeah. would be a better defender than that. Um, first of all, I think you have to give credit to McBride in the sense that that was yeah. by him. And, 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 he's, and, he's, and he's really good. Like, he's really, really good. Like, you see, we, we can clearly see he's really good. Yeah, and, and, and the thing is, like, you know, if you're a Tech fan, I understand the heartbreak. There was a lot of stuff that went wrong for you um, in terms of, you know, questionable calls, um, you know, late in that game or whether, you know, in terms of when I say calls, not ref calls, but decision-making, right? Um, on the offensive side, some of the shots, I mean, Kevin McCuller, in my opinion, just took 
three of the worst shots in his whole career in that second half. Just it yeah. made me question why the hell he had the ball dribbling at all um, at certain points. And I'm the advocate for him to run the point guard position at some points. Um, but in the final yeah. minutes, I thought Texas Tech was just a shell of themselves. They did not play Red Raider basketball at all. Um, and the one thing for me was that, you know, I get it. You you have a shot there late. You have to take it right with the shot clock running out. But why the hell is Mac LaFleur not taking the shot there? Why is why is right. why does he not have the ball in his hands? I know that he took the final shot of the game, but this kid, best game of his career, right? I, I don't I don't think anybody can debate that. I mean, he had a great shot against UT and a great game against UT even, but this was yeah. the best game of his career. Thirty points yeah. in a homecoming. Um, it just sucks that it ended like this. And one of the things that really stood out to me, again, I mentioned it with Peavy, was the switches on defense. You notice that when Peavy comes out of the game, Kevin McCuller becomes the key guy defensively in terms of whether that's guarding the big man down low or guarding McBride or whatever it may be, right? I, I thought that the switching um, was obviously patented Texas Tech, but I thought the big thing that really bothered me was, again, the decision-making on both sides of the ball, the defensive side, where they switched a little bit too much. I wanted to see Kevin or Terrence on McBride at all times, and that just didn't happen. Um, but on offense, the ball movement was, um, let's just say, suspect at best. I think that's probably the best way to say that. Um, and the decision-making on offense was the, just suspect at best. I mean, you, you put Max in probably the best position you can there with five seconds left because he's got to go downhill. But overall, like, just take that possession away offensively. I thought the final two minutes for Texas Tech was just – I'll go ahead and say it. It was abysmal. It wasn't good. Well, the, the thing is, too, we're talking about the rotations. I definitely agree. But the thing is, we're talking about PV. I know he does mean a lot to this team defensively. But when it comes to basic rotation, that's, that's, that's not on one guy. You're not saying that, of course. But that's not like – PV shouldn't be on the floor and make everyone's rotations be well. Because yeah, at the end of the day, he's a perimeter player, too. He's, he's guarding perimeter players. He's not Tariq. Like, Tariq, if you had a bad rotation, you know Tariq has you on the backside to contest everything at the rim. We don't have it on that team. So when PV's out, you still have to rotate, you know, at least decent. You know what I mean? So I think that's kind of tough for them. You see, even at the end of the game, when Miles McBride, he would literally just run around them. Like, it wasn't even like – he wasn't even attacking them like straight line. He would just run around them. They kind of didn't know who was supposed to switch and guard them, that type of thing. And then that's Bears defense. You know, it is a lot of switching. And switching is cool, but when you switch a lot, you're going to have, you know, mismatches. And that's what happened when you have a guy like McBride, when he gets hot, you switch them onto the wrong defender. It's, gonna, it's barbecue chicken. You know, you can't really do anything. And if he's feeling himself tonight like he was tonight, you got to just kind of tip your cap to him and just kind of try to hold on and stay in front of him. Well, and I thought the biggest thing, too, that Texas Tech did, I mean, I mentioned it before the game on Twitter, that I thought the biggest matchup of this whole game, Tobias, was Culver against Marcus Santos Silva. And Marcus Santos Silva actually played really well against Culver. I mean, yeah. you look at it, he had 10 points and 9 rebounds, but he didn't really make a huge impact on this game overall. You know, yeah. I mean, he, he definitely had his moments where you were like, damn, that's the best big in the Big 12. You know, you tip your cap to him and you move on. But overall, I thought that Marcus Santos Silva and the bigs for Texas Tech or whoever was guarding him, or that was Kevin McCuller or Micah Peavy, did a really good job against him. Um, again, I, I just think that that final two minutes for Texas Tech is really going to come back and haunt them because, again, you mentioned it right off the bat when you joined the postgame. Um, you were up eight. You, you yeah. had this game locked. You had the, it, it felt like it was locked. And then yeah, I, I, thought it, I, thought, I thought it was pretty – I thought it was pretty much, you know – 
not a done deal, but I was like, okay, you know, you're up eight. You got a minute and a half, two minutes left to go. They should be fine. You know, tech team, they usually can finish those games out, tough defense, you know, make a couple of free throws. You should be fine. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and the thing was, again, it comes down to those final two minutes. You look at it, Texas Tech didn't play Texas Tech basketball those final two minutes. And the main reason that I saw it was, again, I think I – th and this might be a bold statement, Tobias. Call me on my stuff if you want. But I think Micah Peavy is probably the second best overall defender in the Big 12 outside of Garrett from Kansas because you look at Micah Peavy, and I get that's a, that's a huge statement to say, and I get there's a lot of great defenders in the Big 12. Um, but – he can guard one through five. He can do really anything you want on the defensive end. I'm not saying that his offensive game is there, but when you lose a guy like that, especially in the final two minutes, that's critical. And you notice that McBride became, you know, I mean, look at his stat line. He had 24-7 and six. And yeah. he had a great game, obviously. I mean, he's a great player. You mentioned that already. But he really came alive in the final four minutes, and Micah Peavy mm. was non-existent because, well, he had 5,000. He was fouled out by that point. Yeah. No, I agree. It's just like that's something that needs to be worked on before. Like, like in – for PV's fan, but like Beard needs to tell him, like, this isn't when, when PV comes out the game, we, our rotation shouldn't go to hell. You know what I mean? They, they shouldn't just completely, completely disappear. And, you know, like I said, it only gets tougher from here. Keep in mind, you, this is a, you know, a West Virginia team. They really only have two guys, really, roughly, that can create, create their own shot on the perimeter. Sherman can and McBride can, you know, McNeil, another guy that can make shots, but they're not really creating. When you play other teams like that, it's going to be worse. Because, you know, they're going to they're gonna have multiple options that can score. So our rotations shouldn't go to hell when PV, when PV comes out. Then on the offensive end, like we've, we've been talking about this all year. I'm almost getting tired of saying it. It's just bad rotation, you know, bad, you know, balls sticking to one player. You know, a lot of time it feels like they're competing for shots. And then a lot of those competing for shots, they're just bad shots. You know, like even Shannon, he took that little, his like, his mechanics look kind of weird. He took that, in that little, that deep three. And I was like, you're not going to make that shot, bro. That, that's, that's, not a, that's not a shot I really want him taking. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I think the most telling stat for me, Tobias, looking at the box score, and again, Texas Tech loses 88-87 in Morgantown to the number 11 West Virginia Mountaineers. And, I mean, that's, that's their first statement win of the whole year for the Mountaineers, and you get yeah. it at home. Um, but the most telling stat for me was Texas Tech had two players in double figures. The Mountaineers, six. Everybody in their starting lineup scored in double yeah. figures. And then McNeil off the bench went bananas and scored 13. But, I mean, when you look at this Texas Tech team, there's there's a lot of positives, right? You you look at what they had to go through this past, what, 10-day stretch, and I think a lot of people figured there would be two options for Texas Tech when it came down to it. They would either come out really, really slow, which they did, or they would come out and they would just be on fire. And right. it, it was definitely the first option. They just came out really, really slow, and – you could tell that they were kind of running through the motions a little bit, trying to get back in game speed. And I mean, I think that's understandable when you have what nine, 10 games, off, 10 days off. Yeah. But the problem was, is again, I, and you harped on it again, and I hate to go back to it, but it's the truth. You're up eight points yeah. late in this game and you blow it. And these are the kind of games when you you're up eight, you have to finish. If you want to be one of those teams where your expectations are playing the final Monday, you can't do that uh, when it comes down to it. Um, and let's run through the stats real quick one more time. Mac McClung had a career high for the Red Raiders with 30 points um, in this one. He was the only starter for the Red Raiders to score in double figures. The only other Red Raider to score in double figures was Terrence Shannon with 15. And Tobias, I mean, you look at the shooting. It was actually really good for the Red Raiders tonight. They went 46.6% from the field. Could be better. Yeah, but, but I'll three, take that. Shot, but from, from three, they shot 43%. 
Mm. They'll take that every game. And then they shot mm -hmm. 83% from the free throw line. And then you look at West Virginia, they shot 57% from the field and then 63% from three. Yes. Um, and then 59% from the free throw line. Um, it's hard to compete with those teams. You did it. Um, and you could honestly say that you kind of gave this game away. You tip your cap to McBride at the same time. But, damn, this one this one's going to hurt for a while. Let's get to the comments real quick. Um, this one from Ben. We need a second guy to score. Um, I think Tobias would speak for this as well. You have a second guy to score. It's Terrence Shannon. I think you really need a third guy to score. That's the issue yeah. um, at this point. Brandon, I thought the officials were so biased for West Virginia. I thought that Tech got a couple of calls in the first half, actually, that shouldn't have gone their way. I thought it pretty much evened out. But at this point, Brandon, um, it's Big 12 officials. I just yeah. expect it to be bad officiating. <laughs> I mean, the officiating, the officiating is going to be bad, but I mean, I don't know, I'm really getting tired of that, like that, that, that excuse too. Like you got, you got to play better. Like you're like with, with, with that, all the officiating and all that I hear, but we're you're up eight. It's the like, truth, like, but at the same time, I get where yeah. you're coming from. It is annoying. Like you yeah, it is. It is annoying. It's annoying. It is. It's more on the Big Twelve. Like fix your stuff, man. Just fix it. Um, this from Kiefer. Uh, refs gave West Virginia at least eleven free throws on absolute terrible calls. I mean, I guess. I mean, when you look at it. They had 27 free throws. Tech had 12. I mean, that's a big difference in the game right there. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, pretty big. Uh, this from David. Shannon is clueless. I mean, he was your second leading scorer. He, he, he definitely has lapses in judgment. I think we can both agree with that. But I think the only guy on this team that doesn't have lapses in judgment is Mac McClung. And even sometimes he's suspect. Um, mm. Maybe not a lapse, but definitely suspect at times. Um, Ryan says that was trash. I don't know what you're referring to, but blowing an eight-point lead does feel like trash. Um, it kind of hurts. This, this is one of those games, Tobias, where you look at it, and this is the difference between you being a last three seed and a five seed in the NCAA yeah. tournament. That's really Not the difference. Sure. This is what Not for sure. Is. For sure. And I was talking to a couple of buddies today. I was like, this is a game I felt they really needed to win, too, because, I mean, how many good teams have Tech really beaten all year? I mean, they have good games to play. And, you know, the Big 12 is legit. But, so, I mean, you – you beat Texas, that's a good win. But, you know, we lose the U of H, Baylor. You, uh, you, these games are close, but, you know, I feel like this was the win that they needed. And this was the win they needed to help, you know, solidify their win. Because, you know, a lot of the good teams we played so far, we lost to Oklahoma State, we lost to. OU was a good win. I think OU would be a tournament team, too. But we've only beaten, really, two good teams all year so far. Like, Oklahoma, that's, that's, Oklahoma, yeah. Yeah, Oklahoma and um, Texas. Texas. You know, that's it. I was like, other, than, other good teams, Oklahoma State, you know, Kansas, Baylor, we've lost, St. John's, I mean, we didn't even get to play them. We'll see what we do on Saturday against LSU. But this was, I feel like this was a game that was for definitely winnable, and I'll, they really need to pull this one out. Yeah, I mean, it, this is going to be one where I hope, and I mean, a lot can happen. You're going into SEC territory, an unfamiliar stadium that a lot of these guys haven't played before, um, or like a lot. None of them have. I mean, shoot, yeah. only one guy is from LS, uh, from LSU country, and that's Tyreek Smith. Mm -hmm. um, but you look at it, this is one of those games where Texas Tech has to come out and be on fire and on mm. point early. Because if you let LSU stick around, they've proven that they're a good team. They had a bad week last week and lost two yeah. games. Yeah. But that's a really good team down there. In good team. If you become complacent, you're going to lose two games this week, and you're going to go from number 10 to probably number 19 in the country. Um, yeah. This one, Travis uh, got to tighten up the defense in the last few minutes. Can't let them back in the game. Absolutely. I thought the defense just wasn't very good at all. Um, in the last couple of minutes, this from Jaden, absolutely terrible calls. Pretty much the only reason West Virginia had a chance against us. I don't even know. We just lost this game. I'm in such denial. I think that 
again, it comes down to let, let, let's say this. I think Tobias would agree with me. And Tobias, if you don't agree with me, please call me out. But I've come to expect Big 12 refs to be atrocious. Um, they're going yeah, they're to be bad. atrocious for both teams at one particular game, spot of the game or another. It just so happened that they were bad in the second half for Texas Tech. I mean, it sucks, but it's the case. And, um, I mean, at this point, you just kind of have to deal with it, you know. Um, the Big 12 has already proven that they don't care about officiating. <laughs> it's I, just a fact. I want to ask you a question, too, as far as with the, with the ball movement. Do you think – I mean, like, Mac, Mac's a great player. I mean, he had 30. Like, I'm not, I'm not crazy, but – do you think that some of the offenses become like a lot of Mac do something, Mac do something, we're watching to see what Mac does as opposed to we're getting away from ball moving and things like that? Because sometimes I feel like it's not even so much he's playing hero ball. It's kind of just like they're ball watching and just watching what he does as opposed to like letting him or letting him run the offense. Like he's going to take tough shots. He makes tough shots. He's just a really good player. But I feel like some of the time it's more they're not in awe of him, but they're just – watching him more than they are, like, you know, worried about offense cutting, things like that. And I feel like that's why the ball gets, like, stuck sometimes because they are just doing more watching than they are letting the offense flow. Well, I mean, when you when you think about it, um, I think Mac's game kind of dictates that, though, right? Like, Mac's game, yeah. when, it, when it comes down to it, is he's the kind of guy that, to get in rhythm, he needs to dribble a couple times most of the time, yeah. you know? He's a good catch-and-shoot guy, don't get me wrong, but he kind of stagnates the offense, right? Like, that's just kind yeah, of what he does. he does historically. And, I mean, I'm not saying that's a good or a bad thing. I'm just saying, like, in terms of the motion offense of what Texas Tech is yeah. accustomed to, that kind of negates the motion, right? So, right. yeah, I, I, I think overall, I think Mac actually does a really good job in this offense because you think about it. Again, I, I, we've talked about this on previous post games. How many guys on this team do you actually trust shooting the ball? Three? Yeah, no. Maybe yeah. four if you're lucky on a given night. Yeah, I just like I said, it's not even a Max doing this wrong type of thing. I just feel that like even sometimes because you know you go on each game, you know the guy they're going to be looking at to stop. They're going to try to stop Mac. They can maybe use him not as like a decoy. I want him to be himself, but I feel like sometimes that negates away from like other because other than some people got to make shots too, and he's kicking it out to them, they're missing shots. You know that type of thing does too. But I feel like that would maybe help with them not feeling they have to compete for shots with him as them playing within the offense. Because, you know, he'll shoot a couple of shots in a row. The first thing they do when they get the ball is one dribble, they shoot it. Bad possession. You know, that happens all the time. You have a couple of guys that do that. And I feel like maybe if they could – I don't know, if they could just maybe make, use him as a decoy, let him create for guys more, which he does a good job of already. It's just I feel like that would help with – a lot of the, you know, stagnant offense. Because they're just watching. They're just like, they're just watching him. You know, a lot of the time they're just sitting there. They haven't even moved. Like, Mack will dribble it seven, eight, nine times, and they're just looking at him. You know, he makes it cool, but when he misses, just like, damn, why did we move the ball around? I, I agree in the sense that Mack, you know, they get caught, you know, yeah. watching it in the days. I get that. But at the same time, it's almost at the point where what else do you want this offense to do? This, this isn't a great offensive team, right? Like, yeah. I mean, without if Mac doesn't get going, then Texas Tech is going to have a hard time scoring right. um, overall. I mean, that's just a fact. So I think Mac probably has to do too much a little bit too often, Yeah. Um, which can go back to your point in the sense of, is he trying to do too much? I think Mac has to do too much because guys like Kyler Edwards are just not living up to their potential. Right. Um, yeah. You know, I think that's really what it comes down to is, you know, I, I, and the crazy part is this team is the 10th ranked team in the country. And how many guys on the team do you actually think are good scorers? Two? 
maybe three. Yeah, yeah, but they like two. It's wild, and they're not even playing great defense right now. I mean, they gave up 88 points to West Virginia. I mean, West Virginia shot lights out. But, I mean, Texas Tech has given up more points than they historically have in Big 12 play this year. And and it's crazy because they're competing in virtually every game. Yeah. But they only have legitimately, what, three good scores? And that's if Kyler Edwards decides to play that night. And one thing that bugs me, too, and we've talked about this before just over the years, I don't like it when Shannon and PV2, when they work, I mean, I don't, I don't know what they're doing in that practice. I'm not there. I can't see. I only can see from what I'm visibly seeing in warm-ups and what I've been told. I don't like when they have Shannon and PV McCullers, too, when they're working out with the bigs. That that, that doesn't yeah. make sense. That, that that doesn't make sense to me because I say at the end of the day, Shannon's the tallest out of the three we just named. But even then, he's what six. And he's gonna be a wing, whether he plays at the next level or not. He will. But you get my point. He's a wing, and when you have them working out with bigs, that is just like that. That takes away a lot from this game because one, imagine if he was working out with, with, with guards all practice every day, he would be, you know. As good of a scorer as he is, things will be different. He would be more fluid in his movement. Things will be different. When you have your second best perimeter scorer in Shannon working out with bigs, that that hurts. And I really feel like that is something that not even with him, but just even going forward, whether some of these guys come back next year or not, like um, you know, Ogbo, he does not need to be working out with uh with bigs. PV no, does not he, the PV does not need to be working out with bigs. He's a guard. That's what he is. Yeah. He won Gatorade Player of the Year playing guard. He was a wing in high school. He be doing the same thing. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, I think that – I think what Coach Beard um, will do more in recruiting will – he will find that guy. Like, he will just find a center, you know. Um, yeah. And then play kind of like what West Virginia is doing right now. You have a center in Culver, and then you yeah. put four guards around him that can shoot. Um, let's get yeah. to the comments, though, real quick. This from Michael. They're – uh, ball movement, uh, better ball movement with Nadaldi. He needs more minutes and Kyler Edwards less. I mean, yeah, I mean, I thought this was a, actually a really good game by um, Nadaldi. I think the haircut had everything to do with it, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. He played well. Yeah, that was the best game I've done team. He played well. And let, let, let's give it. We we, we uh, kind of crap on this guy all the time. Jamarius Burton was pretty impactful tonight. He played um, well. He, he played did. pretty, actually, really good minutes. Um, so you got to give credit when credit is due. Um, and Tobias and I both, we uh, crap on him a lot. But he uh, he was actually really good tonight. He was. Uh, this from Phil, terrible ending. This is what they have done every time they play a good team. They have a good lead. They just die and start fouling, making mistakes and missed shots. And then they lose the game. Phil, I would bring you back to one game, and that would be in Austin when Mac McClung broke every Longhorn's heart. Um, let's move on, though. John says hats off to Mc, uh, McCab. Um, kid went off. Yeah, I mean, I mean. I think McBride, and if you had MC starting your name tonight, you went bananas in this game. You got McClung, McBride, and McCap. I mean, if you started with MC in your last name, you went off tonight, Tobias. It's just yeah. science. <laughs> yeah. um, let's move on, though. Colton, uh, he says that had to be some of the most one-sided sloppy fishing I've ever seen. The ref single-handedly brought West Virginia back into the game. Again, it's Big 12 play. I mean, this is going to happen. It sucks. Texas Tech is going to get a game or two where – they, um, you know, get calls like that. But it sucks that it happened to Tech in a game where you blew an eight-point lead. And maybe the rest were part to do with that. But losing Micah Peavy late definitely didn't help either. Um, this from Evan McBride could miss at the end. Yeah, that that kid, um, he's proven a lot to me, Tobias. I don't know your overall thoughts about McBride. From, he's good. No, he could, yeah. He, no, he, 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 he surprised me a lot because I thought he was a really good player. But, I mean, if you ask me right now, he's all Big 12 first team. 
Yeah, no, no, he is. I mean, last year he was he was a bright spot offensively. You know, you got you know Oscar Big O and uh, Culver last year, but he kind of busted onto the scene pretty randomly. You know, in the Big Twelve, and I, you know, I thought that he was one of the more underrated guards in the country, and it's good to see that he's continuing um, to get better. But I mean, the guy's a game. I mean, he makes shots. He's out there rebounding. He's you know finding guys. He's He's a complete player. He's going to be everyone's, you know, favorite guard. If he decides to stay two more years, he's going to be everyone's favorite senior high-scoring guard in the country. Well, and I think, you know, overall, I, I think it was a blessing in disguise that Oscar Tshibwe left because now yeah. you can give McBride a lot more space. You don't yep. have to worry about those bigs as much. You know, you cut it in half, and now McBride can really do whatever he wants off the dribble or shot. You know, I mean, he's – Again, he's a first-team All-Big 12 player. I mean, and then, the story. I mean, he's 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 an elite player and arguably the best conference in America. And then now that Oscar is gone, now they can run a four-out one in or a five-out exactly. spread the offense and, and even more. Perfect with Culver. It's perfect yeah. with Culver. Yeah. I, I I truly believe that Oscar leaving was honestly the best thing that could have happened to West Virginia in the sense of tournament longevity. Because with Oscar Tshiwe, I think they were a Sweet 16 team. Now, again, I know a lot of Red Raider fans aren't going to like this. West Virginia has a chance to go to the Final Four because no, they, they, have, yeah. they have the players on the team to do it in terms of you need one big and then you need shooters around him, and that's exactly what you have in West Virginia. Um, and I mean, they showed it tonight, shooting, what, 62% from three? My God, 63. My God, just unbelievable. Let's get back to the comments real quick, though, Tobias. Um, Gabe says Mac needs help. I think he has helped. I think him and Terrence need help more than anything. You need that third reliable scorer, and Kyler Edwards hasn't just been that guy, right, Tobias? You know, he just hasn't been – he hasn't just – I mean, he made a couple of, you know, a couple of key shots later on today, but it's just – you can't do that in the beginning of the game. You know, you had 34 minutes to do that. Why are you doing it now? We need you to be consistent, at least decent, you know, throughout the game. And we talked about this before. Sometimes he just doesn't bring anything. You know, he's not rebounding. He's not leading. He's not, you know, getting assists. He's just kind of on the floor for exercise, and you need him to do that more when he's your most experienced guard. That reminds me, I need to start going to the gym more, Tobias. I'm getting a little pudgy since I moved in with the missus. Um, <laughs> I'm speechless about <laughs> – I'm speechless. Uh, this is from Bob. Um, I'm speechless, but props to West Virginia. They played it out. We didn't. Can't blame really anybody. Tired about all the complaining about the bad rest. Nothing you can do about it. This one stings a bit. Reverse of the Texas game. I think that's actually really well said, Bob. Um, overall, I think, you know, you, you, karma comes back. You know, typically those 50-50 games in terms of, you know, the last seconds go 50-50 and – the Texas game went your way, and this one didn't. It sucks, but it's the truth, you know. A um, couple more comments. Nathan McBride did the same thing to us last year. Yeah, he really does have a vendetta against Lubbock, Texas. Um, I, I forgot about that. That's a really good point right there, that that comment from Nathan. Um, let's keep on moving down real quick. This is from Jaden. What do teams do to prepare for us? Just practice three? Seems like it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they – Tobias, it, it seems like every team we play comes out and shoots in the first half like 50% plus from three. It's just kind of wild. No, no, no it's wild. I hate them, but I hate the most about it too. We weren't at home today, but at home, people just have career games. And love. I don't know what it is about Lubbock. Maybe it's the air. I don't know the dust in the air. They come to Lubbock and they just can't miss. I don't know what well, it is. Well, they don't even have to come to Lubbock. They just have to see the Texas Tech on the jersey. Yeah, they just be, they be tearing us up. I don't know what it is. Yep. This one from Colton Wooded. When a team has a 10-plus turnover difference, four less made field goals, 20 less overall shot attempts, but somehow over double the free throw attempts, then wins the game by one, and somehow they weren't bailed out by the refs. I don't think we're going to say they were bailed out by the refs, but you have to give credit. McBride made that shot at the end. Like, sure, the refs could have kept them in the game, but, um, I mean, McBride had to make that shot, simple and plain. That's just how it works. Um, also, Tobias, do you know how many turnovers Texas Tech had today? Mm, I mean, two. The whole game? 
yeah, you're not going to beat that. Damn. <laughs> you're not going to beat Damn. that. Uh, this from Gabe McCuller, uh had his worst night this season. We need him to have a better game. Yeah, I, I mean, he did. I mean, he was just abysmal. Offensively taking four shots. I mean, he did okay on the rebounding in terms of what he had eight rebounds, I believe, tonight. But overall, I thought this was one of those games where Kevin McCuller will easily forget about it since he went one for eight from the field. Um, overall, this from Reese, McClung needs some help. Kyler, TJ, Burton need to step it up. I don't think TJ needs to step it up. I think TJ is, again, he had a bad game against Baylor, but overall he's averaging 17-plus in Big 12 play. Um, but, yeah, Kyler Edwards, somebody else has to step up or else this team is, what, around a 32 team, maybe sweet 16 at best because you're just yeah. not going to be able to score with teams in the tournament. Not for sure, yeah. Um, this from Bob, if you look at the stats, all West Virginia starters scored in double figures. Tech won. Mac needs help. Feel sorry for him. Again, I think that Terrence Shannon coming off the bench, people forget about that. But I think overall, when you look at it, yeah, West Virginia had every starter in double figures. And then plus a guy yeah. on the bench. I mean, it's going to be hard to win a lot of those games. And again, they shot, what, 63% from three. You're going yeah. to lose a lot of games. I think it was yeah. almost kind of remarkable that Texas Tech was in the game and then they had a chance to win up eight and then they kind of, you know, I don't want to say they gave the game away. The refs did kind of help, but overall, when you look at it, this was Texas Tech just not playing good defense the final four minutes, and West Virginia capitalized. You tip, you tip your cap to them. They're a really good team. I mean, this isn't a bad loss, but I think Tech fans overall are just getting sick and tired of me saying that Texas yeah. Tech doesn't have a bad loss, and I get it, but they don't. Like, it's the truth. Yeah, yeah they, they don't have a bad loss, but they don't have any good, good wins either. You have just two, two. Just two really two. good wins. I mean, Oklahoma and two. Texas, yeah. Yeah, two. Yeah, I mean, it's just – it's super annoying. I get it. You, you're supposed to win that game. You're up eight with, what, three minutes left? Yeah. Four minutes left. You're supposed to win those games, and you don't, um, which is super frustrating. Uh, this from Nathan. Kyler has disappeared since his freshman year. Yeah, this year is his best disappearing act by far. Um, it's not even close. Uh, Mark, I agree about Matt getting too many looks. Love the guy, but need a more well-rounded offense in 2019. We became great when the offense started running through more than just Culver. Yeah, the problem is, though, Mark – Who's going to be the Matt Mooney on this team? Who's going to be, you know, the Brandon Francis off the bench? Who's going to be those that Davide Moretti? Who's going to be that Tariq Owens down low? I mean, it's just the problem of this team is not well-equipped as the 2019 team. And that's not saying that the team isn't good. It's just people have to step up and they have to do it in a hurry because you're halfway through Big 12 play now. Let's see here. This from Taylor. Kyler passes up so many open looks. Yeah. Don't get me started on Kyler Edwards. This would be like a 75-hour-long post-game show if we were talking about Kyler Edwards and how he pisses me off. Um, Shannon also settles too much for shots. See, I don't mind uh, Shannon settling for shots sometimes because it allows him to have driving lanes to the um, to the hoop. But overall, I probably agree in the sense that they need he, he needs to be a bit more aggressive um, overall. They're an 80-point-plus scoring offense in the Big 12. We can actually score, and we have five guys who could become 10 points or more score every night. They should be good enough if we play our defense. The problem is, Mark, um, and Mark Morrison commented there, yeah, you can have 10 guys that average 10 points a night, but you have no idea how many they're going to give you because those t- that 10 points can be skewed, right, Tobias, because a lot of their points come from early on in the year in the non-conference yeah. schedule. Yeah. Um, Overall, though, I mean, you have no idea who's going to score every night outside of Terrence Shannon and yeah. Mac McClung. You really don't. You yeah, really have just, no idea who's going to be that third option. Yeah, the possibilities are just random. They're just very, they're very, very random. You just don't have any need to find that. Uh, definitely need to find that third score. 
yeah, this from Bob, another one. Uh, Bob, I'm going to butcher your last name. I apologize if you're listening. Um, Marvoid is what I'm going to go with. I apologize if that's wrong, Bob. Um, but he says maybe two scores, Mac and TJ. Silva has hands of stone, and Kyler has disappeared. Um, I think that pretty much sums up the offense, if I'm being honest. Um, this from Cody. That was our luck on West Virginia's part. Didn't miss a shot for the last nine minutes. West Virginia shoots 34% from three, and they shoot 64% tonight. Pure luck. I mean, you, you got to tip your cap some nights. Texas Tech's going to do it, too. It sucks that it happened against you, but I think overall, I think everybody would agree, West Virginia's a really good team. It just sucks that they, they're going to have their best shooting night against Texas Tech, and it just so happened to be tonight. Mm-hmm. It sucks, but it's the truth, you know? Like, they're, they're, Tobias, it, they're not going to shoot 63% from three. In oh, no, God. No, there's no I mean, way in hell. I mean, I mean, if any team shoots 63%, you're, you're almost guaranteed. To do. That's crazy how that's like – they, they, they won't shoot 63% in another game this year. I don't think so. The chance is just not in their favor. Yeah. This from Shane. Uh, he says, when do you guys give up this little hobby? Shane, as soon as you stop uh, posting irrelevant comments in our comments. Do, do, you, do, you know do, do you know who that guy is? No, but as soon as he uh, stops posting irrelevant comments in the comments, he's ugly. we'll give up this hobby, and uh, that won't be anytime soon because he obviously he, doesn't have a life. We'll move he, on, though. He, he's ugly. Well, go my bad. No, you're good. You know, uh, I like to talk. Wrong. Okay, my bad. It's sports, man. We have to talk like that sometimes. Yeah, We're trying yeah. to keep it professional, but that's part of sports talk. Yeah. Uh, this is from Eloy. Ogbo needs more playing time. His shooting form is nice with three E's. That's how you know it's really nice. Uh, yeah. Could help with spacing when on the floor. No, I love Ogbo. I think he Same. can definitely get um, more playing time. The problem is I just – I don't know who you're going to take off the floor. If you ask me, Tobias, and I'll let you talk after this um, – I would honestly, and this is going to be rough because he had his best game of the year tonight, in my opinion. I would give right. some of Burton's minutes to Ogbo. I want to know is like I get, I get, I guess why it's hard to play him, but it's like you can't throw him out there just three, four minutes because because I feel like he's not going to hurt you. Is he like I want to see killing butchering it in practice because I feel like you could give him a couple of minutes. Yeah, like, I, I, I feel like he can play I don't a have little the bit in front of me. I don't know how much he played, but I would say probably what maybe four or five tops. And then, you know, especially when McCullers was out, I really feel like that was the time when you really could have gave him some. And he played a couple of games barely, but I feel that was the, really the peak time when you could have said, like, let me just throw him out there, you know, see what he has. Even against coming to, you know, some of the better teams that we played, you know, those tune-up games, I feel like those are games where I would have thrown him out there for a few more extra minutes just to see what we have. Because, you know, he could be a key contributor for this team, how, same how Kyler was a couple of years ago. We didn't expect Kyler to play that well in the, you know, in the final four. He comes in and he balls out. Maybe that could be – Ogbo, you know, if he gets a chance. Yeah, um, I just want to give uh, a shout-out to Kobe. Um, he just texted in a group chat right there. He uh, said he laughed when Shane – when you called Shane ugly. Um, I don't I don't no. want to call Shane ugly. I just want no, to call his looks, comments irrelevant. No, I just want to call good. his comments irrelevant because everybody loves this show. Like, speaking of somebody that loves something, Gabe, he loves his shot, a.k.a. Ogbo's shot. Yeah, no, I love Ogbo too. I thought he'd play a little bit more, but it just happens. I mean, I, I maybe it's just – Maybe you're right, Tobias. Maybe he just isn't showing it up in practice. I, I, I no, don't maybe. know, but I would love to see him play maybe just at least – he doesn't even have to play starter minutes or anything, but give him nine to ten minutes. Yeah, uh, hell, let's, yeah. run through these, let's run through these comments real quick, Tobias, and then we can wrap it up because it's 1047. I'm an old man, and I want to be in bed by 1130. Um, Victor, young team, if they will grow together and learn from an amazing coach, they will succeed together. Yeah, Victor, I think this team is actually really good. Tobias and I, we're not going to change our opinion on this team. Um, this team is good. It's just the problem is are they gonna are they gonna get hot during the tournament? That's gonna be huge for this team. And if they do, look out, America. If they don't, this might be an early exit. Um, from Gabe, we need that third guy to show up out of nowhere badly. Absolutely agreed. I mean, you have Terrence Shannon and 
um, obviously Matt going bananas. But the problem is Kyler, super inconsistent. Kevin McCuller has been consistent, but had arguably his worst game of the year tonight offensively. And then you're just searching for it. I mean, I don't know who that third guy is. It can't be PV. It, it really does have to come down to Kyler Edwards or McCuller, right, Tobias? Yeah, because I was just about to ask you, who will – if you could take Kyler off, I mean, I don't, I don't want to do this, but who do you think this other guy could be? I mean, I, I, we wanted to be him, but, I mean, I'm not going to give up on him, but, I'm like, you know, the season's getting – the season's only getting older, you know what I mean? Like, at some point, he's going to have to be this third guy at some point. Like, I don't know when that's going to be. Maybe it's next week. Maybe it doesn't happen at all. But I'm getting – starting to get rested. Like, you know, maybe he just isn't the third score. Yeah, I'm, I'm starting to get there with you. You know, um, at the beginning of the year, I was the guy that called Kevin – or not Kevin McCullough, but Kyler Edwards the X Factor, right? Because I thought yeah. that his scoring would be instrumental to this team's success. I thought he would be the leader, and he just – he hasn't been, right? Um, I thought that Mac would be one of the leading scorers for the team. Don't get me wrong. I thought Terrence Shannon would take a leap to be a lottery pick, and he's well on his way to doing that. Do I think he gets there? Probably not, but I do think he's a first-round pick. Um, yeah. The problem is Texas Tech need, desperately needs that third score, and it has to be Kyler Edwards. If it's not Kyler Edwards, this team is a round of 32, sweet 16 team at best. Period. End of story. That's just how it is because Mac McClung and Terrence Shannon can only get you so far. Period. And, and, and they're really good players, right? The problem is you have to have that third score in March and April if you want to get to April, I should say. The problem is you just don't have them right now on a consistent basis, and it's killing you and not allowing you to reach your full potential, and it has to change. This from Reese. Love the show, guys. Much respect. Always a great watch after the game, win or loss. Appreciate that, Reese. As we move on, let's see who's down here. Got one more comment, I believe. Oh, this from Mark Morrison. Um, Silva can be the other guy. I don't know if he can. I really don't. I think Silva is more of a um, – You can't run plays for him. You got to just kind of get his yeah. points out the mud. He's going to be and, really good offensive rebounds. And you don't, you don't want to, right? Like, yeah, you don't want to. Yeah. You don't want to um, because Silva just tries to do too much sometimes. And, and that's not a bad thing. I want him to do too much sometimes, especially when the offense needs it. But overall, I don't like you said, I don't think you can run plays um, through him. You, you, you just can't. Now, can you make it to where he's the passer and maybe he gets the hockey assist? Sure. But overall, you cannot run an offense through Silva. I think he's just got to be the dirty work guy. And two rebounds isn't going to cut it. He – he has to get more than two re rebounds per game um, overall. End of story. Mm -hmm. um, this from Gabe. 100% love the show and look forward to it every time y'all come on. Keep them coming. Appreciate it, Gabe. Really, really appreciate that. Uh, Mark, again, Silva can grind out 12-13 a game. He has the skills. I, I don't think Tobias and I would say that Marcus Santos Silva doesn't have the skills. It's just the motion offense. You don't want a center to do that. You and then want I'll keep the ball moving. And then, then I, I want him. He's a bull in a china shop. I want him as close to that rim when shots go up as possible sure. because he's a great offensive rebound. I don't want him hanging around the free throw line. No, I want him crashing the glass, getting yeah. as many offensive rebounds as possible. At least if he can at least tip it out and give us a chance. That's why. That's where he needs to be. That's his sweet spot. Yeah, absolutely. Let's answer these last two comments, Tobias, and then give our thoughts moving forward as Texas Tech will uh, play on Saturday. Um, at this point, I don't even know who they're playing with all the schedule stuff. I guess they're going to LSU. There we go. Um, let's see here. Um, Evan says, you think Nadaldi and Ogbo continue to get more minutes? I think more minutes probably in the sense of like, what, seven, eight minutes per game maybe? Yeah. If you're lucky. Um, I think that's probably tops. This from Victor. Silva does enough self-confidence. But, yeah, once he grows, he could be good. Also love the show. Appreciate it, Victor. Yeah, I mean, the thing is with with 
Santos Silva, again, you talked about it, Tobias. You do not want the offense to run through him. That's the big deal. Yeah. Um, if Santos Silva is one of those guys that crashes the boards and then he gets a couple of buckets off of that and then maybe, you know, you run a play or two through him, that's perfect because he's going to be one of those guys, as you mentioned, I want him crashing the boards. I want him being bullied, like a bully down there yeah. and being able to pass out. That's what I want to happen. And so far he's done that, but he's just got to get more rebounds, man. It's frustrating. Um when it comes to him just not getting enough rebounds, two two rebounds per game just isn't going to cut it. But Tobias, real quick, let's get your closing thoughts. Texas Tech again loses 88, 77 to 11 uh, ranked Mountaineers. They head to Baton Rouge on Saturday to play at 1 p.m. Um, what are your overall thoughts of this team headed to Baton Rouge to compete in the SEC Big 12 Challenge on Saturday? Um, I mean, I think LSU has a good team. They have you know the top freshman score. He also leads the SEC in scoring. And Cameron Thomas, you have Javante Smart. I think he'll be a pro as well. And you also have Trenton Wofford, I also think is a pro. Um, but I'm able to guard. Because cause LSU, they're a very tough physical team, and they have guys that can score, and they just simply don't care. So I think this will definitely be a good test for them. I want to see how they're able to defend Cameron Thomas. I would like to see that Thomas and, and um, Shannon matchup. I think that might be the matchup for him. So I definitely want to see what that uh, looks like for sure. And I also want to see what Wofford is. Wofford, he's – a unique big. He can actually stretch the floor a little bit. He can put the ball on the floor a little bit. He's pretty solid all the way around. So I want to see who they do decide to put on him as well because he can stretch the floor. And that will, if they do put Silva on him, that's going to bring Silva out, meaning that we're going to have to team rebound. Yeah, no, I think that's going to be the real big thing is um, rebounding. Um, yeah. And this is just, I mean, that's huge for Texas Tech just given their size every game. But you mentioned how they just don't care defensively. Yeah. To the Tigers of LSU. They gave up 105 points to Alabama in regulation yeah. Yeah. Um, just a couple of days ago. So I think that's more than telling. And also they gave up 82 points to Kentucky, yeah. who is um, not Kentucky this year. Yeah. Um, but overall, I think really what the key stats are is Texas Tech averages giving up 60 points a game. LSU scores 84. Something's got to give yeah. um, in that sense. And I think Texas Tech is going to come back. They're going to play bully ball down there. Um, in Baton Rouge, and I think they'll probably come out with a W just because it's one of those things where typically under Coach Beer, Texas Tech does not have losing streaks. What I want to see, the key for me in that guy, I want to see what the foul trouble is like because Smart, he puts a lot of pressure on the defense. He's a very attacking style guard. Cam Thomas, he goes to the free throw line a lot. Wofford, he's skilled down. I want to see how poorly officiated this game is going to be. This is These are one of these games where it kind of scares me because the way LSU plays. This could be a game where you can see a lot of people going to the foul line and foul trouble could be a significant role. So I'm definitely interested to see what the free throw count looks like. If that's the case, then Terrence Shannon and Mac McClung should have field days. Um, real quick, last uh, comment on the chat before we head out. Uh, Brennan says, could have used AB's energy to finish in the last five minutes. Yeah, Avery Benson's out with injury. Um, did you see the injury, what it actually was, Tobias? I didn't see it. Uh, I didn't see if it. If I'm being honest, I know he was out tonight. I just didn't see exactly what it was. Um, and Gabe commented, could have used AB's energy to finish in the last five minutes. Easily hurts when those hustle plays when it comes down to it. But, again, that'll do it for Tobias Bass and I as Texas Tech loses 88-87 to 87 in Morgantown, West Virginia, to the number 11 West Virginia Mountaineers. You can follow Tobias at Tobias underscore Bass on Twitter. You can follow me at RCMB. 323 on Twitter. We'll be back on Saturday afternoon after hopefully the Red Raiders win down in Louisiana in Baton Rouge. But again, he's Tobias Bass. I'm RC Maxfield. We'll catch y'all next time for another Guns Up Nation post game show live here from Two Docs Brewery. Peace out, Tobias. Peace out, man.